0: This is the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, September 9th. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And of course, we love that feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin with the best of the press conferences this week, starting with second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He went through a wild rookie season, of course, we all remember that, but now says things have calmed around
1: him. It's exciting because uh, just to see how far we've come in, in a year, in my, through my lens, you know, obviously it's different for everyone else. They haven't seen as much as I've seen just because we've only had a couple preseason games, and now we're about to start the season. But to see the improvement, guys, of the, of the guys that were here, see how much better that we've gotten, and then obviously the new additions have helped a ton. Um, and just the whole mindset, I think the culture is really flipped, and that's something that doesn't happen overnight. So it's taken a lot of a lot of work by a lot of people, and I think we're in a great spot right now, and we just got to keep building on that. Obviously, you got to sustain it, and I'm just really excited to now have an opportunity to prove it. You know, this this one counts, and we're gonna you know have 17 games at least to to prove who we are.
0: There are plenty of new contributors on offense and a brand new offensive system. Lawrence explained his thoughts on what the offensive identity
1: might be. Offensively, I mean, I I think we're a really hard-nosed team up front um, that can run the ball. I think we're going to create a lot of explosives down the field. That's something that um, I'm really confident in with the guys we have. I think we've got a couple great backs. Um, and that, those are kind of, it goes by our offensive commandments, you know, protect the football, create explosives, ball security, all those things. And there's, a, there's more of them too, you know, we could talk about, but, and that's just what we live by. And that's who we try to be.
0: Now to head coach, Doug Peterson, he's facing his old Philadelphia quarterback, Carson Wentz. Now with the commanders, it was Wentz's second year when he took a huge step for the Eagles. And now Lawrence is entering year two for the Jaguars, but Peterson explained the differences so far.
2: Year two for Trevor is a different staff, right? Mm-hmm. A different, different head coach, different coordinator, different position coach. Where Carson, year two, it was the same, same guys, and there was consistency there, you know. And although we've seen tremendous growth in, in Trevor, year two for for Carson with us, there, there there was another there was another step, there was another leap there, and you know those are things that we're trying to get Trevor to right that level that with Trevor in a, in our system, and you're, you're going to see it probably throughout the course of the season, you know. But I think time will tell, you know, with, with him.
0: The head coach was also asked this week if the Jags needed a win to validate all they've instilled in the team this
2: off season. Well, I mean, listen, you, you want to win every football game. There's, there's no question about that. Um, and, and you want, you, you want to do the things we've talked about, right? You want to take care of the football. You want to create turnovers. You want the ability to run the ball, stop the run. I mean, it's all those things we've talked about from, from day one. And I think if you do enough of that in any game, your, your chances of winning are, are, you know, increased. But We just have to focus on us and and make sure we're doing everything we can to, uh, you know, um, give our players the best opportunity to be successful on, on game day.
0: This is also the first time Press-Taylor has been an offensive coordinator with Doug Peterson, and the first time they'll operate during a real game. Taylor will be in the press box with Peterson calling plays on the field, but Taylor's been around the Jags head coach long enough that he has a pretty good idea of when to chime in and when to lay out.
3: That's the benefit of having spent five years with Doug, of knowing what he expects on the headset, what the communication like, is in through the four preseason games as well of everybody kind of understanding what that is. And I think I have a good feel for what kind of communication he expects and he likes, and then kind of when he's, he's in his flow and you kind of give him time to make the play call, there's not a lot of extra chatter on the headsets for him. And usually we're in lockstep with most things. You know, we've talked about, we've gone through scenarios, whether it's, throughout this week as we build each section of the game plan to even Sunday morning we'll get a chance to sit and meet before the game in the locker room in the air conditioner kind of talk through all right if you get this what are we thinking where are we at both of us just bouncing ideas around um and so we're all kind of on the same page so then once he's going He's got it going. We move to the
0: locker room this week. Redguard Brandon Sheriff spent the first seven years of his career with Washington and went to five Pro Bowls. He'll run out of the tunnel at FedEx Field as a visitor this week, and it's a little bit different.
4: Uh, it's gonna be really weird, you know. I've spent my uh, seven years there, had, had a lot of fun, a lot of memories, but it's gonna be it's gonna be different. I'm excited because, uh, you know, it's the start to the new season and uh, we're playing football and this is our job and this is what we dream about doing. So. How does it feel for you to just be named the captain of, of this new team? It uh, feels great. You know, it means that, you know, that was one of my goals is to, to do everything the right way and, you know, uh, obviously just trying to lead by example and for them to be to vote me as a captain is a tremendous honor for me and I don't take it lightly, so I'll do whatever I can for absolutely anybody in this building. What have you seen out of that offensive line group? Just what, what sort of speaks to you? Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we're physical. I think we're going to be tough. Uh, I think we got to... A uh, heck of a quarterback behind us. We're excited to, to block for him. Uh, some great running backs, uh, some great receivers. So uh, if we can put it all together, I think it will be pretty dangerous. Uh, but th- it's all about, you know, like Coach always he says, take it one day at a time. And uh, when Wednesday comes, you know, put the game plan together and then get ready to go.
0: The number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, the outside linebacker for the Jaguars, will make his regular season debut Sunday. He said this week the draft status doesn't matter much anymore.
5: I mean yeah they'll, they'll lean on me of course that's why I'm drafting in that position but them them knowing me I'm not that type of guy don't like you don't have to refer to me in no first round draft, I'm just I'm a regular football player like everybody else I'm here to get paid just like everybody else at number
0: 27 overall the Jaguars selected Devin Lloyd a linebacker from Utah it's been a long time dreaming of this moment to play in a regular season NFL game
5: yeah for so long ever since I started playing football this is the goal and um, you know, really I haven't thought about it too much because I've been just trying to prepare, you know, to, so I can go out and execute at a high level. But I know there's going to be a lot of emotions running through um, and I know they're also going to go away pretty quick because I'm the type of guy, I'm going to be locked in and uh, I'm going to be ready to play.
0: You were known as a kind of a film rat, I guess, for lack of a better term, at Utah. Um, yeah. How different is that here? I mean, there's probably more time for that here. Yeah. How do you balance that in the NFL? Yeah. How do you compare the two?
5: Uh, so much more time because you don't have classes and it's really, it's really nice, and I really feel like I have a good balance now of how much is enough but not too much, because I feel like even at Utah I might have done, I wouldn't say too much, but um, there can be to a point where you watch too much and you overthink on the field versus just watching the right amount, getting a good amount, and then going out and trusting but also just playing ball. So I feel like I got that um, good amount. and like you said, it's a lot more time, so that's nice.
0: When we look back at this defense at the end of the year, what, what is the calling card
5: of this defense going to be?
0: If you had to say it going into week one,
5: you don't know, I hadn't played a game yet, but what does it feel like for you guys? Um, I think we're going to be an attacking style defense. We're all about taking the ball away, stopping the run, and getting after the quarterback. So, takeaways is number one. Uh, we want to get the ball back to the offense so they can do their thing. Um, let's, we want to give them as much time as possible to score. But then um, also hanging our hat on running the defense, stopping the, the run on first and second down. And then we got you know uh, uh, too too many pass rushers. You know we got so many guys that can get after the quarterback. So we're going to give them a chance. Let them loose on third and long. Um, we don't want to make it third and short. We want to you know make long down the distance. So just guys that are just you know an attacking style of defense.
0: There's no such thing as too many pass rushers, by yeah, the way. You're right, you're right. The turnover thing, uh, you were around the ball a lot at Utah. Hands on the football, takeaways, interception returns, the whole thing. Yeah. How much of that is a mentality? How much of that is film study yeah. com- com-
5: combined? How does that work for you? I think um, everything plays a role. And when you put it all together, it just shows up even more. Um, some people just have a natural athletic ability. Um, some people, like you said, film study, they're always, they just know where to be. Um, and some people just, it's a mentality. They say they're going to be around the ball. I feel like I have a good combination of all, all three, you know, athleticism, film study, and um, just that mentality of, you know, just wanting to get the ball around. I'm always thinking turnovers. So, um, you know, that's my thing is, you know, getting the ball back to the offense, making big plays, big plays.
0: And finally, running backs are under the microscope this week. James Robinson has been given the green light to return to play after an Achilles injury late last season. On the post-practice water break presented by Crown Royal this week, he shared with me how the rehab process went and how the athletic training staff helped keep him on track. What was the most difficult, uh, challenging part of that, maybe mentally, to get through?
6: Uh, probably like right after surgery, I mean, it was just like, I couldn't do anything, uh, showering was hard, and I mean, I was just like in the bed like all day. and not able to do anything at all. I mean, I would come here do tre- like do treatment, but it was really just, I was still in the cast and stuff, so I still couldn't do anything. I was doing stuff with my right leg, just keeping it strong. But um, yeah, I think that was the hardest part, just me laying around for like three months and not being able to do anything. Yeah, I mean, you could
0: only do so much physically, so what do you do? Do you watch Netflix, TV? I mean, what,
6: how do you kill time? Um, I get Netflix. I mean, me yeah. <laughs> just playing games, I guess. I mean. I was kind of just getting, I was already bored, but I didn't know what to do with myself, just sit, just lay there and look at the ceiling, I guess. <laughs> was, I mean, the only thing I did was watch TV, like you said, and was in the training room, so.
0: You finally got back out there, though. Once you're out there running again, I think you had told me a little earlier in the the offseason, that's when you realized, okay, I can actually move around and do some things now. But you have to balance that out. You don't want to push it too hard and go over the top, but you still want to get some work done how did they keep you on track just day to day and not let you go a little too far ahead
6: um just like we little trackers that we got in our uh, jerseys and stuff like that uh they kind of try to keep my yards up with the other guys i mean i wasn't up there obviously at the beginning but um they tried to limit how how much i do but day by day and stuff like that and, and just seeing how I feel coming in the next day, and if I felt good, then we were good to move on. But if I felt a little soreness or something like that, then they weren't doing it. But I didn't feel any soreness. Like, it was, we're, they were surprised, too, at <laughs> I me mean, not feeling any soreness. So we were able to move on. All the press conferences and select locker room conversations
0: are available on Jaguars.com and Jag's social media. And you'll hear from Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne Jr., and much more Sunday on the Publix Tailgate Show on Jaguars Radio that starts at 10 a.m. No fees? No problem. Save big when you purchase your tickets for the 2022 home opener against the Colts on September 18th. This deal won't last long, so don't miss out. Get your fee-free tickets today. In a moment, an inside look at how the Commanders keep football the main thing with all the noise around the organization. Plus, Bucky Brooks shares how the Jags should have an advantage against Carson Wentz. And NFL on Fox analyst Robert Smith takes a look at the Week 1 matchup. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one
1: debit card that screams Do ball exclusively from TIAA Bank.
0: And check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. We move now to the best of our shows this week. Thursday on Jags Drive Time, the Commander's Senior VP of Media and Content, Julie Donaldson, joined Ashwin Sullivan, John Ogier, and Brian Sexton, and she was asked how Head Coach Ron Rivera for the Commanders keeps the team's focus on football with all the noise around the organization.
7: Yeah, we ask him that question a lot because since he's come here a couple of years ago, years ago taking over a team that just had three wins, COVID happens, he ends up having cancer, doesn't miss a game, but he's going through treatment throughout the entire season and you could see him just physically wiped, Alex Smith coming back from injury, Um, everything that happens around the quarterbacks, I think he's had like six or seven different starting quarterbacks in just a few years that he has been here. Um, he, he attested to his military background of just being kind of steady. And that's the one thing that when I first took on this job and was kind of learning about him, everybody would say he's a very steady leader. Uh, and he continues to be that way as he goes through everything now and still kind of trying to lead this team um, to be able to say, okay, like it, one of his favorite sayings is what's interesting and what's important. You know, like, is it interesting? Okay, then let's not put too much attention into it. If it's important, then we need to focus in on it. Um, so he's done a really good job kind of leading this team, and they've taken on his personality uh, as well. And you can kind of see that this year with the players.
8: Julie, you could make the argument that this, is, uh, this could be a – Last chance for Carson Wentz. It's certainly a third chance, which for NFL quarterbacks, you know, you don't get that many. How is he approaching mm-hmm. it? Uh what's your sense of sort of where he's at mentally going into this thing?
7: I've been impressed by Carson. I mean, he gets hit up on this question almost every single interview he gets of that look. It didn't work out with the Eagles. It didn't work out with, you know, your guru that drafted you, you know, and you were at the Colts. And of course, everybody remembers that game that he had against you guys last season that basically lost him his job in Indianapolis, um, which is why he's here in Washington. And look, I mean, Coach Rivera's gone out there and made it very public that we want you. We want you to know that this is your team. We believe in you. They believe they can get him back to, The form um, that he was in Philadelphia before he became succumbed to a whole bunch of different injuries that kind of just like set things off on a bad course for him. But he comes in as a different leader and a different man. I mean, he claims that, you know, his faith is first and foremost, most important to him. So that keeps him steady that he's got a family, his two little girls that don't care if he throws interceptions or has a bad game. Uh, and so that kind of keeps him grounded. And then it's football after that. And make no mistake, this man's a competitor. He understands the pressure. He understands what this season means to him in his career as a starter. Um, but so far, I mean, we're all curious, too. What is how does he do? You know, like he's got that arm to stretch the field. We have the speed with Terry McLaurin and Johan Dotson to be able to draw those defenders away. Um, but is he going to you know, be as accurate Um, as you want at times so I I think we're all just going to sit back and wait and see how this offense goes but mentally I feel like he's coming in pretty sound and pretty confident in himself
1: Julie how is our old buddy Jack Del Rio deploying his defense without Chase Young your best defensive player and one of the best pass rushers in the game how are you how is Del Rio overcoming the absence of such a great player early on
7: yeah well last season chase young didn't get off to the hottest start that we anticipated after winning defensive rookie of the year and having what eight nine sacks or so um in that season you tend to expect those players to take big steps and big leaps he was struggling a little bit early on then when he goes down To an injury which is pretty gruesome with an acl and some other things mixed in there like he's going to at least miss the first four games of the season starting on the physically unable to perform list um but they came together as a unit when he was out one of the issues they had last season is they thought a lot of guys were just going for the numbers and playing individually not as one unit um and that's something as ryan kerrigan uh is he is now in our coaching staff having retired the all-time sack leader for washington um, comes in and says you have to rush as one and so they kind of fall a little bit more into their system without chase out there but uh, look montez sweat is an animal of himself a first round draft pick um and he has been quietly racking up some pretty good numbers you know you've got the interior line with jonathan allen Duran Payne. deron payne has been having an outstanding camp james smith williams is coming in on the other side filling in for chase young um, look, he, d- he might not be a Chase Young, but he's a very capable edge rusher as well. So uh, they're trying to play more within the system as opposed to playing individually.
0: Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Also this week, it was the return of the live version of Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Bucky, Osher, and I talked through how Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson and, in turn, the Jaguars defense could have an advantage in preparing for Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz. If you've had him as your quarterback before, and Doug Peterson and the staff, yeah, Doug's the head coach, but uh, there's a new defensive coordinator around here. How do you prepare for Carson Wentz? Do Do you look back to... Philly stuff, you look back to Indy stuff, how do you manage this now that he's on his third NFL team?
9: Uh, It's a mix of studying what he did in Indianapolis the last time you saw him, what he's done in the preseason with the commanders, and then based on the intel that you know from working with him intimately. Doug Peterson knows what makes Carson Wentz tick, not only because he coached him for a handful of years, but he drafted him. So he had to do all the research to really figure out how he's wired, what he thinks, and in doing that, he had to build a playbook for him based on those uh, those thoughts. And so there's no one better in terms of being able to prepare for Carson Wentz than Doug Peterson. He can tell Mike Caldwell exactly when he was a young player and he was athletic, he didn't like this. Now that he's an older player, because the last time Doug had him, he eventually had to bench him. Here are the things that gave him problems. Carson Wentz is going to face his demons this weekend, and dependent upon if he's gone to therapy and worked through some of those issues that plagued him, he would either play well or he would go back to struggling like he struggled in the past.
8: Yeah, that was interesting. I, I talked to the commander's uh, senior writer, my cohort, if you will, on Tuesday, and he mentioned that one of the first things the uh, commanders did when they brought in Wentz was basically tell him, we're bringing you in because we want your skill set. Uh, he didn't say it, but I think the implication there is that, is that the Colts sort of brought him in to sort of manage uh, and, and, and be the veteran. I, I don't know. If that's what Wentz is. Uh, so I think you will see the commanders try to bring back, uh, using, uh, Wentz's legs uh, making plays, etc. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how that plays into this week's game, but I think this team wants to showcase maybe what Wentz does well, maybe a little more than the Colts did at I didn't follow the Colts enough to know how much Mm -hmm. they did that last year. But it strikes me that could be a difference in Wentz. But uh, I agree with Buck. This is a mind game uh, game for Wentz this week.
9: I'll say this about Carson Carson Wentz in Washington. That's a little different than the Carson Wentz that we saw in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, he had the best offensive line in football that you could ever be behind. He also had a top-notch running back in Jonathan Taylor. The wide receivers are not necessarily up to what the commanders can present when you think about Terry McLaurin and some of their young receivers. Uh, I believe Frank Wright is an upgrade as a play caller than what Scott Turner is in Washington. And so if the Washington commanders want to put Carson Wentz out there and let him run around, it's going to be problematic for Carson Wentz because he's not the athlete that he was at North Dakota State. And so if he ventures outside the pocket as he's prone to do when things get a little hairy in the pocket, He is going to take a big shot, and that's just the way it is because he's not mobile enough to do uh, the elusive stuff that he used to do, and he's not necessarily looking to run over people like some of the bigger quarterbacks like a Josh Allen could do. So his best bet is to stay in the pocket and to try and deliver the ball on time and on target. It's not his strong suit, but he's going to have to play in the pocket because he ventures out there with those big dudes that we've seen on the Jaguars' defense – it is going to be a problem when Trayvon in, Josh Allen, and those guys start hunting him.
8: He's fixing to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See. Um, yeah, and, and I've been saying all week. To me, if 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 the Jaguars in the first half are running in mass defensively towards some screen and posing mm-hmm. as as all these kids have to do these days after an interception, Buck. I don't like it, but it's how it is. If they're doing that in the first half, I think the Jaguars win the game. If they force a turnover, get inside his head, or whatever that is, if the game's going in a way that they're pressuring and causing disruption, mm-hmm. then I think I think the Jaguars win. And uh, it, I think giveaway takeaway for every team in the league is crucial. Mm-hmm. I think for this Jaguars team, considering they only had nine last year, I think that is a mammoth mammoth stat for this team this they year. They had
0: nine, seven interceptions last year, Bucky. That's yeah, not, not many. that's
8: not
9: enough. No, that's not enough. So there are a couple things that I'll say that, uh, OJ, because you're you're on it. The turnovers have to come because when you have a young, energetic defense like the Jaguars, that they're going to feed off of that. You saw already in the preseason. And it doesn't count, but it certainly matters. When the number one defense played and played well, you could see the energy pick up. You could see the effort, the way they ran to the ball. I'm going to say this because the Jaguars have not been shy about talking about the physicality and the toughness and what they want to do. I believe the game will ultimately be decided if the Jaguars are able to hit Carson Wentz very early in the game. Somebody has to put a hit on Carson Wentz early because all quarterbacks change once they start getting hit. It quickens the clock. It changes the way they go through their progressions. They begin to rush through things, and you see interceptions happen off tips and overthrows. So if Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, someone inside, if they're able to get to Carson Wentz early and hit him, it is going to change the way that he plays. And he will remember those bad images, the nightmares that he had in the bank. Those things will come back up quickly if he gets off to a poor start. Catch
0: Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks Wednesdays at 4 o'clock on the Jaguars social media channels and Jaguars.com. And finally this week, a preview of an interview that will run in full on the official Jaguars podcast network Saturday, with a portion of that running Sunday on Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. It's NFL on Fox analyst Robert Smith, who provided his overall thoughts about the Jaguars and much more. What are your expectations for the Jaguars in 2022 from the outside looking in?
3: Well, you know, there's no reason to go back into all of the things that were going on last year with Urban Meyer and around the organization and the turmoil, uh, let alone some of the issues just, uh, you know, with the, the way that the team was playing. You know, I think you learn really everything that you need to know about most of the guys in the locker room when you saw that game against Indianapolis at the end of the season. It was a perfect opportunity, really, for. Jacksonville to just kind of fold and say, hey, we're just going to uh, play for the number one pick here and uh, not worry about it, protect our guys. But they went out there against an Indianapolis team that was fighting for a playoff spot, winning their end situation, which is ideal. Uh, and, and Jacksonville played really tough. And you you said it. I mean, spending all that money, bringing in Christian Kirk, you know, bringing in Brandon Sheriff on that offensive line, uh, you know, two Uh, solid players on defense as as rookies with Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. I mean, the pieces are in place, I think, for a pretty dramatic turnaround. And you never know how things look on the field until you get on the field and start playing. But I'm really excited to see what this team is going to do.
0: Robert, of course, uh, you were running back in the National Football League for a long time, a couple of Pro Bowls. So you probably have a good understanding of what both Travis Etienne Jr., and James Robinson are having to come back from. Travis Etienne, of course, missed last season with a Liz Frank injury in his foot. James Robinson is good to go. He's cleared to play Sunday after an Achilles injury late last season. Having both of those guys back on the field is fairly remarkable considering, what, 10, 15 years ago in the NFL, if you had one of those injuries, it was a career possibility. Your career could have been over. Uh, The fact that they're back, that's a boost for this team.
3: Yeah, it certainly is and you know quarterback's best friend really to have, you know that 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 stout running game and then you know you bring in Evan Ingram and hopefully he can get over some of those uh drop issues and got a, got a target there. So quarterbacks love to have a solid running game and a tight end that they can drop the ball off to. So I think it's a, it's it's exciting really. I'm sure uh especially for Trevor Lawrence to have those guys back and yeah, you, know, you get something a little bit different out of those guys. James Robinson, James Robinson more of a, you know, a, a banger type. Etn really not known for that, but certainly known for his pass catching ability, uh, and and really even to line up on the outside, which we saw a lot of uh, out of him at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So uh, excited once again, really for the pieces that this offense has to work with, and with an offensive mind like Doug Peterson. Who knows what you'll see? You know, I know in, in the past they have done a lot of uh, uh, too tight sets, uh, you know, but I think that, you know, with versatile uh, chess pieces like he has in this offense, uh, I think it's, it's going uh, it, to be a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare, especially going into week one because you just don't know what you'll see.
0: Hey, Robert, did you ever have an injury like this? I mean, a lot of the coming back as a running back with something with your feet or, you know, lower extremities down there. I mean, it's above the shoulders, getting past it mentally. Did you ever have anything like this?
3: Yeah, so I tore my ACL my rookie season, and I tore my MCL, PCL uh, in my uh, fourth season. It was relatively uh, healthy for my last four years. but yeah, it's a, it, you're, you're definitely, uh, you, know, spot on in your analysis there, because there is the physical part of it, you know, is it ready, but then convincing yourself that you can go out there and do the same things? I'll never forget, coming back after the ACL got into one of those, uh, one-on-one pass blocking drills against the linebackers, which hated anyway, but especially that year. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, got, uh, it was, it was a little bit wet on the grass that day. And and during the drill, you know, my right knee just kind of, uh, you know, lost my right foot, lost footing and stretched out my right knee. And, you know, from that point forward, it was like, Hey, you know, I guess it's okay. And, uh, you know, it's a, It's definitely a hurdle that you have to get over. And after you've been through it once, certainly don't want to have to go through it again, but much easier the second time around.
0: Again, the exclusive extended interview with Robert Smith runs Saturday on the official Jaguars podcast network. Coming up Sunday, it's week one in the National Football League and the Jacksonville Jaguars visit the Washington Commanders. We're on the air in Jacksonville at 10 a.m. with the Publix tailgate show. At noon, it's Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. Total Leather at 1 o'clock at FedEx Field. Thanks for listening on jaguars.com on the podcast tab at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Enjoy the weekend and thanks for listening. I'm JP Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.